You're listening to the Grace Sermon Podcast with messages from Pastor Chris Twightman and the community at Grace Lutheran Church, Huntington Beach. We're a family church that exists to engage life together and impact our neighborhoods as disciples of Jesus. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us online at gracehb.org. Now, stay tuned for today's message. I want to invite you to take your Bibles and open up to John, 1 John chapter 4. Uh, And if you're using the Pew Bible, that's page 834 in your Bible. If you're using a phone or a tablet and you're using the YouVersion Bible app, uh, you follow those instructions, it'll take you right to the scripture that we're looking at this morning. And as you're getting to 1 John 4, the question of the day is, what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Remember that song from the 90s? I'll go for the 80s for you. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. Let's go 70s now. Love, love will keep us together, baby. And then the 60s, of course, we just go to the Beatles. All you need is love. All you need is love. Love is all you need. And if we wanted to go to the 50s, let's see how we'll date some people here. There's a smile on my face. For the whole human race, and it's almost like being in love. What is love? This is a question lots of people have tried to answer, from William Shakespeare to the recording artist that we just enjoyed sampling a little bit of. And if you've ever paid attention to the question, many different conclusions about love have been, have been reached. Uh, for some, uh, they perceive love as something that you fall into or you fall out of. For others... Love is nothing more than a meaningless abstraction. And then there is still more who love can be whatever you want it to be. But for all the various answers, one thing remains certain. Everyone is looking for love in one form or another. The effect of knowing you are loved by someone else is not only life-giving, it's life-changing. Each of us needs to be loved. Our desire to love is for love is hardwired into our humanity. I mean, if you think about it, just at the most basic level, a baby, picture it, cries. Then mom and dad picks up the baby, snuggles her close, and then the crying stops, hopefully. <laughs> the point is, is that even though a baby can't understand it yet, a baby intimately longs to be loved. Throughout our lives, as we grow from infants into persons who can walk and talk, that same longing does not go away. Love is a basic human need, as core to us as food and oxygen. In fact, Mother Teresa once expressed it this way, there is more hunger for real love in this world than for bread. So what is love? Today, as we continue our series, Words to Live By, being shaped by God's vocabulary, we're going to receive the answer to this universal question. Now, if you haven't been with us, what we've been doing is we've been focused on getting behind the English translation of key words in their original biblical language of either Hebrew or Greek. And we've been doing this in order to grasp the deeper meaning of the essential elements of our faith. And when we talk about essential elements of our faith, love is absolutely one such word. Now, our primary text for this series has been a passage from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6. It's also known as the Shema. It was our call to worship this morning on purpose, just to remind us of that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love 
you know, teach your children about this as you walk along the road when you get up, when you lie down, tie this as symbols on your hands. That's been our primary text. And previously, and if you look to the screen and we'll show this to you, we defined the first two words of this core passage of our faith. We started with the very word that the passage is nicknamed, the very first word, Shema, which roughly means to hear or to listen, but it has a far deeper and richer meaning than that if you were here. And then last week, we looked at another core word to that passage that's also in our scriptures, the name, the very personal name of God, Yahweh, that is also translated in our Bibles, the Lord. And today, as I mentioned, Love is our word for the day. And love is also central to this passage. Love, the Lord your God. And in the Shema's original language of Hebrew, if you look to the screen, you'll see it. Love is ahava, the Hebrew word ahava. Can you say that? Ahava. Now, interestingly, in Greek, the parallel word is agape. You've probably heard that before. Say agape anyway, agape. And it means the same thing. The two words mean the same thing. And we're going to get behind those words, those same words for love, to understand the what God's understanding and practice of love is. In order to kind of ease into that, I want you to listen. You have your Bibles open to how love is described by one of the original disciples named John in his first recorded letter to the church. So John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, we're starting actually in verse 7. Let's hear it. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to speak of love. And this is no small task, as right from the start, we must be clear that when we try to differentiate between what we mean by something and what our God, Yahweh, means by the same thing, perhaps the greatest discrepancy exists in defining what love is. And this is going to become readily apparent as I'm going to take you now and distinguish between our definition and practice of love and the Lord's. So let's start. As human beings, we tend to speak of love as an emotion, a feeling. Listen to how we talk all the time. She just wants to fall in love. It's so sad. They fell out of love with each other. I just don't love him anymore. Love for us is an emotion. It's a feeling. Now, don't get me wrong. Who doesn't like the feeling of being in love? But feeling alone, feelings alone can only take us so far. Feelings cannot lift the luggage of life. Feelings cannot bear the weight of relationships. When love is a feeling, you can't count on it because feelings change. Love as just a feeling is fickle. And in many ways, I think it's because we've reduced, by and large, love to nothing more than a feeling that if you stop and think about this, we've actually lost any real language for love anymore, anything that will convey anything deep or lasting. I mean, seriously, what does saying I love you mean? What what does saying I love you to another person mean when in the same breath we say, I love that sandwich? I love that shirt. 
Do we ever know, do we even know anymore what we're saying when we invoke the word love? When love is just a feeling, love becomes superficial and shallow. Like Tina Turner said, just a secondhand emotion. But biblically, love is more than a feeling. Love is action. In Hebrew, the word for love, ahava, and in Greek, that same word for love, agape, isn't about getting an emotional fix. Biblically, love is an action. It's the act of seeking the well-being of another person. Love is the action of caring and nurturing for someone besides yourself without looking for any benefit in return. In other words, love, as the Lord defines it, is not about you or me. Love is about the other person. Love is not something that I or we fall into or out of. Love is something we give to him or to her or to them. And this isn't just something that Yahweh tells us about love. It's not that Yahweh just defines love this way. What we see through the scriptures, through our Bibles, is love as action is how Yahweh interacts with us. When Yahweh leads Israel out of slavery and into the promised land and then later out of exile, and that's a lot of biblical history right there, when Yahweh does all of these things, leading Israel out of slavery into the promised land and then eventually out of exile, all of this is not attributed to mere sentiment because Yahweh felt like it. No, these actions to again and again in our Bible are pointed to as expressions of God's love for his people. Yahweh coming down in the person of Jesus Christ is an act of love, taking action to heal and save us. And love in action, love as action, is how Jesus lived among us. The gospel writers continually show us this in talking about and how they describe what his life among us was like. Jesus constantly helped and served others in very practical and tangible ways. Jesus consistently moved toward those in need, the forgotten ones, those who fell through the cracks, those who couldn't benefit him in return. The love of Christ wasn't about feelings, Now, Jesus had strong feelings towards those he accused of hypocrisy and corruption. You might remember some of those encounters. Jesus had strong feelings towards those who accused him of hypocrisy and corruption, but Jesus didn't offer them his life, allowed them to kill him based on how he felt. Jesus willingly sacrificed his life for them, for us, for our selfishness and corruption, because that's what love is, because that's what love does. God does it all. God does it all for love because biblically, to love is to act on behalf of others for their betterment with no expectation of anything in return. And right here, just in what we've started with, this begins to tease out another distinction between our understanding of love and God's definition of love. For us, because love is hooked on a feeling, rooted in our emotions, our practice of love is conditional. Our love often shifts and changes at any given moment, like the weather. I mean, we, we, the reason why we speak of falling in and out of love is because for us, love depends on our well-being and on our terms. Most of the time, when we say, I love you, to our spouse, to our parents, to our kids, to our friends, what we're really saying is, you make me happy. You make me glad. So I love you. You're doing what I want you to do. 
You're making the choices I want you to make. You're saying the things I want to hear, so I love you. When our love depends on how happy the other person is making us or in being in agreement with our views or in doing what we want, really, we don't love the other person. We love us. That's what we love. That's you loving you, not loving someone else. And if we're going to even call that love, it's conditional love. It's love with strings attached. And if you've ever experienced that kind of love, that kind of love, this kind of love is not sustaining and it's not safe. It's love that must be earned before it is given and it always takes more than it gives. And that's not love as God defines it. Once again, biblical love is the action of seeking the welfare, the well-being of another person without looking for any benefit in return. It has nothing to do with deserving or earning anything. Biblical love, as God defines it, practices it, is unconditional. Yahweh's ahava, Yahweh's love expressed towards Israel, is not because the Israelites merited such attention or were especially worthy of it for some reason. The Lord carried them, cared for and provided for Israel through the wilderness despite her lack of gratitude, her constant grumbling, and frequent rebellion against him. Jesus' agape, his love expressed toward all the world, is not because we finally improved ourselves, finally came around to God's way of thinking and started treating others the way he taught us to, called us to. No, while we were yet sinners, as we spit in his face, as we lied and denied Knowing him, washed our hands of any responsibility towards him and strung him up on a tree. Christ took up our pain, bore our suffering, was pierced for our transgressions, and by his wounds healed us as he carried us from death to life. This is unconditional love, and unconditional love like this is really foreign to us. We don't really experience it. We honestly can't express it on our own. Make no mistake, we want to be loved unconditionally. We may even strive to love others unconditionally. But the self, me, myself, and I, always gets in the way. Something selfish or manipulative inevitably, even unconsciously, gets stirred into the mix. Think about it. We tend to hold back our love when we don't agree aren't getting what we need. Our motivation for love can be and often is based on fear. Our motivation for love is often based on fear, fear of loss, fear of abandonment, fear of conflict. Another motivation for love can be the attention we get from the other person because it makes us feel good about ourselves. It's nearly impossible, this is what I'm trying to get you to see, for us to separate our love for another person from the benefits we get for doing so. It's all too easy to use the sacrifices we make in the name of love as a means of control and gaining power over the other person. When we give in order to get, even unconsciously, we are practicing conditional love. And that's not love the way Yahweh sees it. That's not love the way Yahweh practices it. Love, God's love, is unconditional. It's all about giving. It has nothing to do with getting. God's love, in other words, is totally for us. 
for us. Yahweh's love toward us is not motivated by fear. It's not motivated by need. It's not motivated to feel better about himself. Love as Yahweh defines it, the way Yahweh practices it, comes without strings. Now, some of you are pretty savvy, and you might be thinking at this point, wait a second, hold on, hold on, wait a second, wait a second. God's love comes with strings. God's love comes with conditions. I mean, we have to believe in Jesus. We've got to follow Jesus in order to get this love from God. Not so. Yahweh offers himself to us through the person of Jesus Christ once again for our sake, not for his. The ultimate expression of God's love for us is freely given. It is extended to us from the cross through the Holy Spirit and is ours for the taking. The power of God's love, in fact, is greater and more fruitful than any other love we can conceive of, any other love we come up with, because it is freely given and freely rejected or received. There is no manipulation, no coercion with this love from God. Yahweh loves us without controlling us. Hear me. Yahweh loves us unconditionally, but gives us the choice to embrace his love and to be transformed by it. So if you're following me, think about this. Believing in Jesus and following Christ are not requirements we have to satisfy in order for God to love us. Believing in Jesus and following Christ are how we receive and take hold of this love that is already ours, thanks to God. And that means that love, love like that then, is for us a choice. More than a feeling, not limited by conditions, love for us is an act of the will, a decision, and a commitment to seek the well-being of another person without looking for anything, any benefit in return. What does love like that look like? What does that even look like in our lives? Love like that, unconditional, ahava, agape love is realized through us When there's tragedy, death, hopelessness, and chaos around another person, and you say, I'm not going anywhere. Love like that, unconditional, ahava, agape love is experienced by us when another person sees the exhausted, broken, ugly, work-in-progress side of us and doesn't flinch. When that person looks at you and says, yeah, I saw that, it's not attractive, It's even a little scary, but I love you, and I'm staying right here by your side. Love is a choice that we make, a choice that is possible, a choice that can be executed only because of the love we have received from God. Apart from God, we can do nothing. Love for us is a choice, but get ready for it. Love for us is a choice, but it is not so for Yahweh. Love is not a choice for Yahweh because you heard it as John declares and other biblical writers echo. Yahweh is love. Yahweh is love. That means seeking the best for others without conditions is not just something Yahweh does. It's the disposition of who Yahweh is. I don't know if you've been with us so far, but we've talked about this a lot in the Hebrew language, the very language, the only language that God created, the Hebrew language, okay? And in the Hebrew language, we talked about this distinction that being and doing are inseparable in the Hebrew language. We can sometimes in our own, in other languages, our English language separate things, but being and doing are inseparable. To listen is to obey. It's not two different things, it's one thing. If you're listening, you're obeying. If you're not obeying, you're not listening. You can't listen and then decide later. 
being and action are inseparably linked in Hebrew. And so when we put this together right here, being and doing are inseparable when it comes to Yahweh. John points this out to us through the incarnation of God in Christ when he writes, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. God come down in the flesh, in other words, is both a statement of simultaneous being and doing. If it's not too heady for you, in other words, Yahweh loves because Yahweh is love. To take it just a step further, if we sit in this, this this inseparable being and doing that is God of love, if we stop and think about it, if Yahweh is the perfect inseparable being and doing of love, if love originates and ends in God, then another way to express this is Yahweh is true love. True love. Thinking the princess by right now. True love is truly the greatest of all things, right? True love, that takes it to up a whole other notch when we talk, start talking about true love. And all our lives, how we perceive what true love is has been based upon what we see on TV or in the movies, read in books, or even on social media. We post different pictures from Pinterest of defining what true love is. All throughout our lives, we've had true love defined and framed by repeated romantic tales. The same story told again and again that we just change the characters and then we put different background music. But despite all the ways we change the story, the story of true love, the way we tell it in our culture, always ends with the same tagline. Do you remember it? And they lived happily ever after. That's what we see. That's what we're inundated with. But real life is not a rom-com, is it? Opposites may attract, but they don't necessarily stay together until death do us part. All relationships, not just romantic ones, are messy, often complicated, and rarely, if ever, come together seamlessly. I mean, this just gets me a little bit when you think about this. Some people have waited their whole lives. They're still waiting for true love to find them. There are those, can you, I can't even conceive of this, but it's still, it's still out there. There are those who have never heard another person, even their parents, say, I love you. Others have heard the words, but there's been no action and therefore no love behind those words. And when what we experience of true love never lines up with what's projected to us through all the stories that we hear, the things that are put in front of us, It leads us to believe that true love is nothing more than a fairy tale. Talk about love, but forget true love. For many of us, true love is nothing more than a fairy tale. But then again, maybe there is a hint of truth in all those fairy tales. Perhaps we haven't been listening to the right story. Maybe we've been looking for true love in all the wrong places. What if true love really exists and we could know once and for all what it really is? What if true love isn't a fairy tale, but a person, the very essence and action of our creator? My friends, the love we long for is the true love that is God. True love is found by embracing a relationship with the God named Yahweh, who is love, true love, steadfast, self-giving, unconditional love revealed through the life, death, resurrection, and ongoing presence of Jesus Christ. To everyone who's listening right now, wherever you are, those of you online stream, I'm talking to you as well, wherever you are, wherever you've been, know 
that there is a love for you that is unmatched. And this love is true. Married person who's in a marriage that isn't exactly what you always hoped it would be. There is a greater love for you than your spouse can give you. A love for you both that can change your marriage. And this love is true. If you've lost the love of your life and you're here today and you feel incapable of picking up the pieces and moving on, hear that there is a love for you from which you can never be separated. A love that promises resurrection. A love that can and will carry you when you cannot move, when you cannot breathe. And this love is true. Maybe you're here today and you're still single and thought you should have found a spouse by now because that's what everyone keeps telling you. And as the years go by, you wonder if you ever will. Even if you never marry, God forbid, as painful as that might be, hear me, there is a love for you that is yours no matter what your relationship status is. A love that is more than enough. All that you'll ever need. The only love that completes you. And this love is true. If you're here today and family or close friends have betrayed you, let you down, abandoned you, and you hear, you're here and you feel all alone by yourself, hear me. There is a love that will never leave or forsake you. And this love is true. True love isn't a fairy tale. The love we long for is the true love that is God. Your parents may have never told you they loved you. Your spouse may not tell you that enough. Your heart may have been broken by your kids, but there is one whose love you can count on. The true love of God that is God uniquely formed you in your mother's womb and fearfully and wonderfully brought you into this world. The true love of God that is God knows all your stuff, all of it, and steadfastly, unconditionally embraces you as you are. The true love of God that is God is looking for you. The true love of God came down in the flesh to find you, to invite you to come closer, to be loved through Jesus Christ. And you can believe this love is true because Jesus Christ gave everything, everything for you, his very life willingly unto death. Even before you knew true love's name, his heart, his life, his love were yours without condition, even though you're broken. Even, though you, even when you don't measure up, even when you don't do everything right, his love is yours. And you can trust that this love is true, that Jesus is with you and will always be there, no matter what, because even though Jesus died for you, Christ is risen from the grave. Death cannot swallow true love because true love is everlasting. True love swallows death and resurrects new possibilities, eternal ones for your life and mine. Beloved, is true love a fairy tale to you? Or is true love the gospel, the good news of the fairy tale come true in Jesus Christ? Because when you find true love, when you know and follow Jesus, you cannot help but be changed. Changed in how you think, changed in how you speak, changed in how you act. True love changes us, not just for the better, but for the best into who we were created to be, into the life we were meant to experience, a life lived out of both receiving and sharing love, the steadfast, relentless, and unconditional love of Jesus. Make no mistake, on our own, by ourselves, we do not have the capacity to love as Yahweh loves. 
John and the other biblical writers, when, when you read it here and they command us to love one another, it's not out of our own wisdom, strength, or resources. It's to love others by learning and growing from the love Christ gives to us. Because you see, in receiving Yahweh's love for us in Christ, we are given not only the confidence that such love, true love, is possible in this life, we are also given the power to love others like Jesus. Through his spirit, Yahweh stretches us, mind, body, and soul, frees us from our preoccupation with ourselves, and opens us up to authentically love the people he puts before us. By the grace of God, as we yield each moment, each day to the Spirit's work on our growth edges, we find ourselves, despite ourselves, capable of being just a little more patient, just a little more gracious, just a little more compassionate, just a little bit more generous. Because true love is not only ours to receive, it's ours to give True love, once again, is action, the choice to act out of the love we have been given and seek the well-being of others without looking for any benefit in return. So friends, tell the people in your life that you love them. Don't assume they know. Tell them. Show them your love by serving them without looking for anything in return. Help them honor them, even and especially when you see the worst parts of them. And if they ask, why are you doing this? Answer, because I love you. I love you out of the love that Jesus has given me, the same love Jesus has for you too. But don't just limit the reach of Christ's love just to the circle of intimacy of which you are blessed to be a part. Don't just limit the reach of Christ's love in your life to your family and friends. Encounter every person. Look into every face. See each person like you, uniquely, fearfully, and wonderfully made in the image of God and tell that person, he or she, that they are a beloved child of Yahweh. Tell them. Show them how loved they are by loving them like Jesus. Give them your time. Give them your attention. Offer your hospitality. Share out of what you have received from Yahweh. Be willing to listen. Care about their story. Learn and say their name. See and do not turn away from their brokenness. Encourage them. Lift them up. Do good for them and expect nothing in return. And if they ever ask, why are you doing this? answer because Jesus loves you and so do I my brothers and sisters what the world needs now is love sweet love it's what the world has always needed more love true love love will keep us together but finding true love begins by embracing a relationship with the God named Yahweh who is love true love revealed through the life death, resurrection, and ongoing presence of Jesus Christ. And our love is true when this love, the love of Jesus that we have received, is given, fully and unreservedly shared with others, with everyone. And we become the hands and feet of love, the hands and feet of Yahweh. Amen. Amen.